following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. Another Friday morning, another week of offense, defense, and discourse. Mike Jones, John Brown. We got a lot to get into this week. A couple things happened. Always a sports nonstop. It's like the best reality TV there is. That's a relief. It's a relief and a relief. Now, see, I'm I'm in a mood, John. Oh, it's been one of them days. I'm in a mood. Okay, what's up? Me and our man, a friend of the show, mm-hmm. Anthony Gilbert. Yes, we had an interesting back and forth today on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I tried it, to get into it a little bit. It, I just it was that to, it was that instigate. goat conversation. Now, That's see, me and Anthony, we actually had a good conversation. Uh-huh. But you know what inspired the conversation? Okay, LeBron James passed Michael Jordan oh, for no. four. For fourth on the all-time scoring list this week. Okay. So if, when that happens, when Le- anytime LeBron makes a major, major milestone, mm-hmm. you know you're going to get that goat conversation coming up. Do you? You're going. You have. There's no avoiding it. But but you I, know. I feel like the. the I feel like unfortunately, it's like. You remember back in the day, back in the day of the NWO in wrestling. <laughs> And Razor Ramon, yeah, Razor Ramon, Paul and Nash, Paul and, yeah, all, yeah, and, and Hulk Hogan, but you know, and Hollywood Hogan, yeah, not, Hulk not, Hogan. not Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. But every week, that crew would get bigger, mm-hmm. and a new person would switch sides and join them. Yeah, that is the anti-LeBron crowd. <laughs> like it started off small when he came into the league as the chosen one and whatever, and it got it got bigger when he went to Miami. Got even bigger when he went back to Cleveland and traded all. It got all the players traded to build the the Cleveland Super Team, and then when he went to when he went to uh, the Lakers, mm-hmm. it just got huge. It, it and did. now at this point, there aren't too many pro LeBron people left. No, see that, that that's that's interesting. We're going to get into that yeah, today. Yeah, show. Oh yeah, we're yeah, definitely going to get into that. We got some else though. But mm-hmm. just like LeBron hit a milestone mm-hmm. this week, okay. We're hitting a milestone right now. Okay. What's that? I have never in my time on the radio last, what, three, four years, something like that, okay. on radio, mm-hmm. internet, live, terrestrial, both. Mm-hmm. I have never in my experience mm-hmm. had a guest on back-to-back weeks. So nah, this is a yeah. – so today's show is a milestone for me. Yeah, well, he he kind of left us no choice. You see, last week we talked a lot of basketball, and we had a good time yes. talking basketball. Yes, we did. We did. But, but our guest today, Mr. Mike Patton from The Sports Awakening. Yes. Sportsawakening.com. Yes, sir. He's right here. Our guest, see, see he, 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 he did something dirty to me. Mm-hmm. We had all that fun talking basketball. Yes. And then as soon as we get off the, t- get off the line, he goes and writes an article about Bryce Harper. Yes. And that was actually the conversation we got into right after we hung up with exactly. him. Exactly. So he did this to us. Mm-hmm. This, so first of all, let's let's bring Mike let's bring Mike Patton in. So he can speak so for himself. So he can speak for himself. No, no. First of all, let's let's bring him into the conversation, but he's not we're not gonna let him speak for himself just yet. Not yet. All right, because here's the thing. <laughs> we, we brought him on to the show, right? We br- we brought him on to the show, talked to him for a good 45 minutes. We, we talked a long time long last week. Long time. 
All right, it was good conversation. I had a, I had a great time. Let him plug his website. Let him talk about all his. I mean, uh, all jokes aside, yeah. I like talking ball with Mike. Yeah, he's a good dude. I love meeting new people I can talk ball exactly. with because a lot of basketball fans are idiots. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. A lot Why of basketball are you fans at are like idiots. That when you said <laughs> not you, I like. Okay, okay. All right, just making sure. I thought we, you were... we wouldn't be working together if I thought you were idiot. All right. True, true, true. But there are certain guests and certain new people. New people, I never respect their basketball opinions. Okay. Though. They got to earn your respect. They have to earn that. Okay. I enjoy talking ball with Mike. Mm-hmm. But then here's but the then th- this happens. Then this happens. Let, let, me read, <laughs> let me read the headline. Please read the headline. Let me read the headline of what of Mike Patton's article the day mm-hmm. after he did our show. Bryce Harper <laughs> will never live up to his new contract wow that's the headline let me read that one more time either no no well i would hope you wouldn't bryce harper will never live up to his new contract there you go he said it so here to explain himself (laughs) mike Patton. once again welcome back to the show mike Yes, welcome. Well, thank you thank for you. having me once again. Thank you for joining us. It's a you pleasure. Know, it is, although we although we disagree with this article. Well, you know, I disagree with the headline. The headline bothers me, <laughs> but it is still good to have you on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to be on again, and uh, you know, definitely uh, the headline was. Uh, you weren't the only people that the headline caught. Now, look, I will say that. Look, we we run in a tight circle. You know, we know a lot of the same people. We interact with a lot of the same people. We interact with a lot of sports people. You you interact with sports people from Philly, not just us. What was the reaction? What kind of reaction did you get when people saw this article? Well, I actually had a troll come find me. (laughs) That's what I thought was even better. Uh, Gotta love the trolls. Oh, yeah, you gotta love the trolls. Oh, the troll actually came out, said uh, that I was nuts or crazy. I can't remember all of what he said. Then the guy ends up following me and retweeting the article. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Did uh, I miss something? He converted a troll. It sounds he, like somebody just wanted some attention. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Hey, See, here's the thing. Here's if you're th- giving me free plug, I'll, I'll take all the retweets you want to give me. My thing about feeding <laughs> trolls, real quick. Mm-hmm. It's like, there are things I look for. And there are people who automatically get deemed troll status. You cannot have more than three numbers in your screen name and not be a troll. <laughs> if I see whatever your screen name and then I see six nine two four three, you're a troll. <laughs> if if you have under a hundred followers, all right, under a hundred followers, you're a tr- and, you're a troll. And multiple numbers in your screen name, you're a troll. Oh, you're, you're some, a troll yeah, far. You're, yeah, you're a troll. <laughs> you're somebody. It's like not only do I think you're some. Not only do I think you're a troll, I think you're the burner account of somebody I know. And I instantly <laughs> want to find out who this person is. Because here's the thing. Yes, the Mike, your headline bothered me. Of course it did because as a fan, it bothered me. But I'm not going to say that the article itself was not without merit and did not make good points. Now, now I'll say this. As a writer myself, I understand the purpose of a good headline. Mm-hmm. So I won't knock a man for a good yeah. headline. Yeah. What, what I want to discuss, though, 
is the actual, the nitty gritty, the meat of the article. First question I have for you is, are you crazy? No, no, no I'm just. <laughs> like all jokes aside, do you literally believe? Okay, I won't. Let's let's phrase it differently. Right. What do you believe it would take? Because the headline says he'll never live up to his new contract, what is that standard? What's the bar? What would it take for Bryce Harper to live up to the new contract? Uh, be some MVPs, be a title to Philly. Uh, you know, outstanding. He can't come in there at two ten and hit twenty five, thirty home runs and have a hundred RBIs and then still lose and it'd be okay. And in clutch situations, he's got to come through. Because if he doesn't come through in those clutch situations, then, of course, they're going to bring up that contract, and it's going to be talked about forever ad nauseum in Philly. And we know Philly fans can be ruthless when you ain't living up to it. I don't know what you're talking about. Philly fans are angels. See, stop saying that. All right, now, see, (laughs) now, 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 something you have to know about our, our, our show, John is the fan. Yes, sir. I'm the one who tries to be objective. I'm a fan, but I try to be objective. He tries. Now, I don't. Now, I, now, everything you just said, I can actually agree with. But the reason why I disagree with the headline, the attention grabber of him not living up to the contract is a couple things. One, and I want you to take your time, and we as much time as you want, we can get into it. There are a couple things, though, where I would say it's at least – a point of contention where we can debate. One, Bryce Harper's average salary is going to works out to be about twenty five point three eight million, which is a rod in two thousand one money. It was Ryan Howard in two thousand nine money, and three four two three four years from now, and definitely by year six of the con six or seven of this thirteen year contract. It's not going to be top MLB money. It's an it's a number where it will be good baseball money, but it won't be record setting by any point. Won't be an albatross. I don't think so. Do you agree with that? When start. It won't be an albatross at all. And in the later years of the contract, just so everybody listening understands what we're talking about, the cap number the last three three or four years of the well, not a cap number because it's baseball, mm-hmm. but the salary number of the last three or four years of the contract is actually lower than the average number during the first mm-hmm. nine or ten years of the contract. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, financially speaking, we're talking about what at this point, there were two guys in this past offseason who signed for higher average salaries. So financially speaking, Do you think by year nine or ten that Philly fans, and I'm a Philly fan, John's a Philly fan, we all know how Philly fans are. Do you think they'll look at this contract and say he's overpaid? Uh, Definitely depends upon the production, but also um, they definitely might. Just depend upon the average, how much he strikes out, if he hits home runs or not, which he's in a great ballpark to hit home runs, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely all those things depend on that. But the reason why I also look at it as, you know, he's never going to live up to the contract, 
is because, you know, no matter what he does and how rich that contract is, everybody's going to think about $330 million. Mm-hmm. Nobody really ever breaks down what he's making a year. People look at the $330 million in the biggest contract in, in, uh, in, baseball, in Major League Baseball, and they don't, think, they don't think about the different amounts of years. Now, for me, I'm like, hey, if you're getting money, get your money. They want to offer you a check, get the check. Tell them cut the check. But, you know, just for, you know, fan reasons and fans looking at the production and things like that, that is why I believe he'll never live up to the contract. Okay. Because no, no matter what he does, fans are always going to be like, well, they should be doing more because he's making $330 million. And that but is a point gonna be, I will, gonna be the exact correction. That's a point I hadn't considered and I will definitely give you. I had not necessarily considered the fact that especially the casual fans, which mm-hmm. there tend to be a lot of in baseball now, would not necessarily consider the average salary as opposed to just thinking he got three hundred and thirty million. Yep. They don't not thinking it's thirteen years and it's the same money Ryan Howard got, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of someone who's going to take the time to break down the numbers. Why, why do you waste time like that? Why do you waste time with all that objectivity? <laughs> That's the problem. It's funny. Like you, of course, as a fan, and this is, this is what's, this is, this is fan-ish right here. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we talk about. This is how fan-ish works. Because fans will feel the exact way Mike Patton is talking about. They see, 13 years, they see 330 million, and they're instantly like, you and know those what? Those are both very big numbers. Those are both very big numbers, and both think instantly he's overpaid. And those same fans, those very same fans mm-hmm. who feel that way, will see Mike Patton's article where it says Bryce Harper will never live up to his contract, his new contract. It'd be like, yo, that Mike Patton dude, he's full of crap. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> article, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. I said something on Twitter because we talk about feeding the trolls. I said on Twitter, probably in the hours before they announced the deal, that as soon as he announces the deal, in this city, he'll officially be overpaid. <laughs> you did that's say, what, I remember that tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's when he'll officially be overpaid. And then, was, of course, there was somebody, you know, of course, there was a troll. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You, you know, Philly fans aren't like that. I'm like, dude, I've lived in this city my entire life. What do you mean, Philly fans aren't like that? Come on, dude, stop. Oh, you don't know anything about this fan. I'm like, dude, I forgot more about this fan base than you have ever known. <laughs> And then, plus, he had about six numbers in his name, and he had six followers. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I th- Mike Jones, I thought it was you. I thought it was one of your burner <laughs> accounts, and you was over there trying to. I'm over here calling people out on Twitter. I'm like, Mike, is this you? Mike comes on. He's like, Nah, dude, that's not me. And I'm like, I thought it was. I thought it was Aton Shander. Oh, uh, you. I thought you'll it, never yeah, I thought know it, my burner accounts are me. Hmm? You'll. I. You'll. I got burner I, accounts. You'll never know they're me, bro. First of all, I'm. I'm just. <laughs> I, I'm just lazy like that, and I think <laughs> I've signed into one of my burner accounts and still be on my main one talking out my name like, Hey, Mike Jones, you suck. I uh, see my and burner then, accounts are on a whole different device. And, and then you said, I, I then know you, better. Then you'd be like, John, separate what's up? devices. Why are you talking about de- me like that? Oh, separate that. devices for separate accounts. You got to hey, learn. Uh, You're you right. You're right. You're you right. My, my burner game. All is right. Weak. But, but none, anyway, but none, but the, the point is, 
Mike is right, but Mike Patton is right. But this article still bothers me. This headline still bothers me. <laughs> That's right. fan ish right there. And the fact that I understand and see his points, but I still want him to apologize. Now now full disclosure. <laughs> before we read the article, because for anyone listening, we John, I, myself, Mike Patton, and several others several others of us, we all interact on social media behind the scenes throwing around ideas, articles, and stuff between ourselves to share. And Mike let us know, gave us a heads up that I saw right around the time when we, when we were recording the show last week that said he was going to have something about the Bryce Harper signing that Philly fans weren't going to be happy about. So I expected this to come. Yeah, the troll game started early. He talks about but, people trolling but him. The article he was trolling us. The article wasn't out until after we were done. <laughs> and now, Mike, to full disclosure, what I said a week ago was that for Bryce Harper to live up to the contract to the point where no one would say he was overpaid or the contract was bad, I set the standard at two World Series. Mm-hmm. Two you. You actually only wins. you actually only said one. So I have to ask, do you believe that this Phillies team will not be able to win with Bryce Harper? Hmm. Well, it all depends on uh it doesn't depend on Bryce Harper if they win, honestly. The biggest person that they need to be worrying about is Jake Arietta. <laughs> okay. Thirty three years old. He's getting $25 million this year. He better come with it. I remember him playing for my Chicago Cubs. Yes, I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. I remember him playing for the Chicago Cubs. Hey, we, we got that World Series, so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, uh, as, as far as him playing for the Chicago Cubs, I remember the thing about him is he never had overpowering stuff, but he was all about location. If he's not locating his pitches, he's a mess. So that's what the uh, the Phillies need to worry about. They need to worry about is Jake Arrieta going to be that guy he was in Chicago or is he going to revert back to the guy he was in Baltimore before he got to Chicago, which was a guy that was a hot mess out there on the middle. Mm. So that is actually the key. It's not necessarily if Bryce Harper produces. It's if Jake Arrieta can be the ace of this staff. Mm, okay. It's about team building. You know, they, they got a deal that allows them to still make moves, still make signings, but they it's still about this farm system, who they got coming up, and the young players that they got now. You know, it's about can Hoskins can Hoskins be a star alongside Bryce Harper? You know, it's real. I got other stuff for you too. Mm-hmm. What you got? All right. The other thing I would I would point out too is you always got to think eventually during the thirteen years. You're going to have somebody up for a new contract, and it's going to be a nice size contract. Mm-hmm. So Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, young stud, who right. over the next four or five years is going to outperform the contract they're currently on. All right, right. And you got to you got to pick which ones are you going to get, because honestly, with all the players that you have, you're not going to be able to keep all of them. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to make the key selection. Who am I going to keep? Who am I going to let go? That's the same things that the Cubs are, are, are getting ready to go through, too. Who are we going to keep? Who are we going to let go? Because you got Chris Bryant. You've got, uh, I mean, Rizzo's going to be there. I don't think he's going anywhere. 
Then you've got, let's see, you've got, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, you got a few other players, I'll tell you that. And then, you know, you just got to make decisions who you're going to pay, who you're going to let go. Cubs are going through that. Philly's got that coming as well. It's just the circle of life they call sports. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, if for once again, now that we have the big fish, now that we have the prize free agent signing, it is now up to Matt Clintech to build a, to continue to build a team around him. He's coming. He's Bryce Harper is coming into a lineup that should be able to swing the bat this year. They should be able to put up runs this year. Now. How many runs they give up is another story because right now that, you know, you got Aaron Nola, Jake Arietta. That's what I think. What I think of Arietta, you know, the points that you might, the points that you made are pretty oh, solid. Very valid. Yeah, they're valid. There's, there's solid points. So you got Aaron Nola, you got Jake Arietta, and then, you know, you got a bunch of question marks. Nola and a bunch of question marks. The days of the four aces and then, or the five aces if you count Joe Blanton. But the days of the four aces huh. are gone. Remember, they wanted you to count Joe Blanton. Can't forget Joe Blanton. Oh, Those boy. are good teammates. They were, yeah, they were Those good, were teammates. good teammates. Hey, they had his back. They refused to let they. Those got those four guys refused to let people just you know, just mm-hmm. push Blanton aside. Which and was that's cool. why they're good guys. Yes. 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 But nonetheless, this falls on Jake. Excuse me. This falls on Matt Clentick and his ability to one scout talent, sign talent, draft talent. What's going to happen now? Because I think the question mark around the Phillies is, I think, more of a question than Bryce Harper and his performance. Because I feel like, you know, there are enough question marks that might be able to hide a less than excellent season for Harper. Harper will command attention if he's an absolute train wreck when the season starts. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and he's just God awful, then yeah, you know, you're going to hear the chirps and it's going to be real, real loud. But if he's good, you know, not necessarily great, but he's good. But this pitching, you know, this, this pitching ain't coming with it. There's going, there's big, you know, there's bigger problems. They're bigger issues. And that's going to can be, I, uh, you know. Can, can I say that uh, the, the general manager is going to have to be the MacGyver of the Major of major League Baseball? <laughs> How so? You know, MacGyver always put together these bombs that, did, that came out of stuff you would see, you know, you would see and look at, like, what the heck is that? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. paper clips, some chewing oh, gum. Now, a rubber band, exactly. some duct tape. He's going to have to be that guy to see something out of nothing mm. to be able to put that piece in and be like, hey, I need you to do this. You know, need I, need I say Billy Bean? You know, a little Billy Bean is she's going to have to be. Okay. So that, I would say, yeah, definitely if he's able to do that, put some pieces around that people normally wouldn't think about doing anything, mm-hmm. get a good performance out of one of the young, uh, a few of the young players, then Philly's talking about something at that point. Okay. Now, Mike, Mike, Mr. Patton. I'm going to call you Mr. Patton. I ha- I have one more question for you. I don't know how much, much more John has for you. But as we were talking, you mentioned something about the, the situation the Phillies may be in the future with their contracts and payroll, luxury tax. At some point, you have to make a choice about who to keep, who to let go. With all of that being considered, 
Bryce Harper, since he has been been in Philly, has been in discussion about a certain Anaheim fish. <laughs> big deal or no? Uh, that is a big deal, actually. If, he, if he's able to bring him there, then they're going to have to say bye-bye to Arietta at that point. I mean, they probably may want to get rid of Arietta anyway. <laughs> the, the Arietta uh, may be gone before two years anyway. Right, exactly. So you could slide him in, but then again, you still have to be, have a little MacGyver in you if you're a general manager. Try to figure out all the other pieces around them. So, so do, you, do you think yeah. the, do you think the Phillies would have to? Do you think the Phillies would be able to trade, or do you think they'd be, be better off waiting the two years and trying to just bring in Trout as a free agent? Well, it just depends upon how they assess their talent. If they have talent, you know, enough to through their farm system to be able to replace those guys, they want to trade for Mike Trout. Then, hey, by all means, go ahead and do it. But if you feel like you don't. Wait it out. And then the thing is, Trout can actually help that, too, if he doesn't sign any type of contract extension or go into negotiations there. then he can definitely help that situation out and put a little pressure on the, on the uh, Angels out there to make that move. All right. Well, there you go. Mike, I, 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 I guess we can let him go. I, I mean, I, we can't keep him as long <laughs> as we did last week. Look, man. That are, the man's the got a lot of jobs. He's got a lot of jobs, but this headline was disrespectful. To me, <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> this headline was disrespectful, you know. And and quite frankly, uh, I, I don't. I'm waiting to see what his article, what his next article is going to be. In fact, what is what are you working on now, Mike? And, do, and, will, and will it offend us? Will we be offended? Well, if you're if you're a DC fan, you might be. But, oh, uh, no, no, you screw <laughs> those guys. Uh, <laughs> but it'll uh, definitely be talking about a little bit about Case Keenum and uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the attraction to mediocrity that is the Washington Redskins quarterback situation. <laughs> oh, see, see, yeah, uh, well, he's, he's he's working on making it up to us. Oh, uh, right? we'll definitely be looking forward yeah. to seeing oh, that yeah. one. I'll, oh yeah, definitely. I'll, pro- I'll man, I will retweet the mess out of that. Everybody out there listening, that's Mike Patton. That's General underscore MP on Twitter. Give him a follow. Look for all the articles. It's a lot of quality content and a lot you can learn as a fan out there. So stay tuned, follow, and learn. Mike, thank you again for joining us this week. We're definitely going to do this again. We might have to make you a regular on this show. Well, I would be honored, man. You know, just pull the couch up to the side, you know, give me some little Cheetos, a little snack to the side, and I'm good. I got, I got all that. <laughs> I got a couch, and I got Cheetos. So we're in luck. We're definitely there we go. All right, that is that is Mike Patton from uh, SportsAwakening.com. Glad to have him on the show. Oh, it's been a lot of fun with Mike again. Mm-hmm. First back-to-back guest we've had on exactly. this show. Let him piss off the D.C. people next <laughs> week, all right? He's, he's pissed us off enough. All right. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back at it with more offense, defense, and discourse. Mike Jones and John Brown. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Man, do I love card night. 
You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. Thanks for staying with us through the break. We're having a good time. Just had our man, friend of the show, Mike Patton, with us from the Sports Awakening. Always good to have him on the show. Always. Talked a little baseball. We we, we don't get to talk enough baseball. No. I think then we we ended last show with baseball. We talked a little baseball last week. We ended the show with baseball, and we start this show with baseball. We started this show with baseball. Hey man, we, we gotta gotta get people mm-hmm. beside. Yeah. There's more to life than football and basketball. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Baseball is a good game, mm-hmm. and it ain't no money like baseball money. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Ask Bryce Harper. Oh man, so, mm-hmm. how's your week been, John? Week it's, is, it's been a week since we've been with the people. You you've been having a good week. I have been having a good week, man. You know, chilling, doing my thing. You know, phillygoflow.com. Every you know. Weekdays, got ten a.m. every day. Ten a.m. every day. You giving the music to the people. Yes. Got to get the people what they want. Throwback hip hop and R&B all day long. There you That's go. That's what we do. So you know, I, I do that, and then you know, we we I finish that show. Then I got to switch gears and talk my sports. So it's like Thursday. You know, mm-hmm. when we when we when we get down Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, it's music and sports. That whole the whole weekend, music and sports. My two of my favorite things in the whole world. So you know, it's it's a good thing. Now, see, I, I, I've had a pretty good week. Okay. But I'll, I'm going to admit, Thursday, mm-hmm. Thursday was a rough day. Oh, boy. What happened, dude? I'm not going to get into details because, mm-hmm. you know, private life is private life. Yeah, you don't put yeah, everything yeah. on the radio. Okay. But I will say this. Uh-oh. When things happen, when somebody does something and they decide they want to apologize, the last thing I want to hear in an apology is for it to start off with, well, you know, we both made mistakes, but. <laughs> like, if you're about to apologize to me, right? Uh-huh. And you start mm-hmm. off your apology with not saying, I know I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. Like, that's a quality apology. Yeah, yeah. And then, if I was wrong with something after you're mm-hmm. done, or before you start, either way, I make my own apology mm-hmm. independent of your apology. Your apology is, is a recognition that you did something wrong. It has nothing to do with where, whether or not I feel like I did something wrong. Yeah, I don't need you it's to apologize you, for me. It's yeah. you recognizing that you yeah. did something wrong. <laughs> so your apology to me mm-hmm. should not start with, well, I know we both did things wrong. We both made mistakes. Mm-hmm. That to me sounds like, well, I didn't do anything wrong, but just to make you feel good, I'm going to say I did too. Like, am I, am I wrong on that, or no, how do you feel? No, not at all, not at all. I don't, I don't need someone to apologize for me. You know, you make your apology. If, you know, if give me the opportunity to acknowledge my own wrongdoing. Exactly. I don't need you to prompt me exactly. to my apology. You know, and I feel like that's what, oh, we both did things wrong. Did we see that's that, even if I see I'm I'm the type of person 
and I'm I'm a I'm I'm a pretty bad person to argue with mm-hmm. because I you know I'm not going to ever be prompted into that type of concession. It, it, it's like we were both wrong. My my no even if I was my first response is going to be was I but, what was I really? I might know I was wrong, yeah. but I don't want you to prompt me to apologize. Yeah, no. If I'm ready to apologize, I'll apologize. Mm-hmm. If I see the error of my ways, mm-hmm. I'll admit to the error of my ways. Mm-hmm. But you saying you need to apologize ain't helping anything. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Antonio Brown coming out and saying, I didn't do anything wrong. It was all Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't work. It took two people for y'all to get into what you got into, mm-hmm. and I get that. But you can't speak for Ben Roethlisberger. No, no. The yeah. most you could do is say, you know what, well, my part of this is I could have done better. And that makes you seem like a mature person, a, an insightful person, a person with a good perspective who can move past that situation. Mm-hmm. If I'm a GM looking at Antonio Brown who's coming out saying, I have no, no no blame in this situation. I'm worried about that cat. Like this dude, he's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of like that's. And of course, I'm I'm talking about personal life rather than Antonio. But it the same logic applies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, man. Like, I, <laughs> are you feel better? I, I had to get that off my chest. I understand. A bit. I understand. Every right, now and then, you got to vent. I hear you. I hear you. You, mm-hmm. you good? I think so. I'm good. All right. Well, look, let's take a real quick break and let's jump back in the sport. Let's do it. All right. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we're back. Hope you stuck with us through the break. I hope nobody left. Of course, if you left, you wouldn't be still listening. So that's good. That's a point. How could you? Nah, come on. It, look, we don't bull. You know, it, it, who wants to get rid of us? Why would you change it somewhere else? It wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make no sense. You, you know, that's that's a loss. I mean, look, people went on Friday. People went their weekends with, with with John Brown and Mike Jones. Mike Jones and John Brown. There you go. There you, you know. What else you need? I don't I, know. So, look, I got a question for you though. I'm listening. What you All got? Right. We we've been watching the the dumpster fire that is the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> you see uh, what's going I'm gonna go on here? Get comfortable. For yeah, this. yeah. I, I just let, I, let me adjust my mic real quick. Mm-hmm. All this right, is, let's this go. is going to be one. This is going to be one of those. 
Hey man, you nice. Go in. Kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. This is the question. I, I wish I was on TV for this one. I had mm-hmm. to go ahead and get my lean on. Exactly. Said, yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm dig in for this. Let one. me because I, I I I'm hoping that this is gonna be a good lob for you to just go in. Mm-hmm. You see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You see what's going on in there. In I've there. seen it. You've seen it. Like a 27-inch zenith. Believe it. Exactly. This is my question. At what point do you look at the dumpster fire that is the Los Angeles Lakers and start blaming Magic Johnson? Mm, when did the season start? Preseason started in October. Mm-hmm. So September. Okay. September of 2018, like last year. Yeah. Because let, let's be honest about this. Mm-hmm. If anybody's been listening to me, mm-hmm. they know this isn't the first time I've said this. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are a bad team. Yes. Like, horribly built franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron James, for better or for worse, whatever you think, whatever your opinions are, a style of play, whatever you like, LeBron James is a guy who, when he's had success in his career, mm-hmm. has had the ball in his hands and shooters around him. Yes. Who are the shooters in L.A.? Who's na- Name one catch-and-shoot guy on that L.A. I, roster. One. I asked first because I, cause I, I didn't want to be – be put in the position to have to answer that question because we all know the answer to that question. And and furthermore, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley. I'm running out of breath. There. These are the veterans they brought in to compliment Lonzo Ball, Lavar Ball. <laughs> I mean, like let's let's Kyle Kuzma and occasionally Brandon Ingram. Are the guys who have outside shots, mm-hmm. and Brandon Ingram is a guy who'd rather put the ball on the floor and try to create and go to the rim. He can, mm-hmm. ca- he's capable of catching and shooting that, but that's not his primary instinct. Mm-hmm. So, this team is built completely contradictory to what works for LeBron over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to ask me what at what point do you blame Magic Johnson for what was done, unless you're telling me the Lakers' goal was to tank, miss the playoffs, they got a deal worked out with with Adam Silver that they're going to get a top three pick in the lottery and mm-hmm. go for next year, then I blame Magic Johnson starting in October when they put this roster together. Now, if they got mm-hmm. something worked out behind closed doors that we don't know about, and mm-hmm. I'm not accusing anyone of that. You can if you want to. Th- this it's is a wild right. conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. There's no 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 validity to this. But that's the only way I'd say you don't blame Magic right now mm-hmm. is if he has some backdoor scheme worked out with the league and everybody else to make the Lakers relevant again after next offseason. Magic Johnson walks on water. In the NBA, in sports, I Magic Johnson is the ultimate Teflon dude. People love Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. and but I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Lakers implode. They're losing to the Clippers. They're losing games badly. LeBron's checking out on defense, and. I'm sitting here and, but it's like, 
I don't understand. You know, I hear like Luke Walton might be fired. And this is not to stick up for Luke Walton as a coach. But at this point, it's at what point do you start looking at the general manager? The, the, the guy who put this team together. And it's like, I feel like none of this falls on Magic Johnson. But look at Magic Johnson. But look at Magic Johnson. And, and hold, hold on. Give, give me a second. Give, give me a little leeway on this one. Look at Magic Johnson's basketball legacy when you take away playing basketball. Magic Johnson as a coach. Magic Johnson as a talk show host. Magic Johnson. I mean, Magic Johnson was a great player. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was a great, ba- uh, a great player. Great player. Great businessman. Great businessman. What has he done as far as basketball? We don't other know than yet. Playing. We don't know yet. This is his first year as a GM. But- Mm-hmm. And he had less than a full year as a coach. Mm-hmm. We've seen many coaches who, in their first couple weeks, first couple months, putting in their system with new talent, struggled. Mm-hmm. And then it went on to be a beautiful thing from there. Magic Johnson did not have the patience to go through that process, mm-hmm. as many great players also don't have that that patience. Okay. So, okay. Go ahead. so from that standpoint, I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Magic was a great coach, Mm -hmm. but I'm not bashing him as a coach because the sample size was just too small to know. But he wouldn't allow it, but he, but you, he didn't have the patience. He didn't, exactly. I'm not saying he didn't, but that's not, but not having the patience is not the same as not having the coaching ability. Mm -hmm. Lakers had a young, had a young core going into this season. Pre, pre LeBron, you take, the 2017-2018 Lakers. Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, oh, Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Yes. Julius Randle was there last yes. year. Mm-hmm. You had that young core. They bring in Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. You talk about Magic Johnson's lack of patience. Do you think that going out and trying to get LeBron and then and going from trying to build a young core to bringing LeBron and going to win-now mode? You don't think that shows a lack of patience? It does, but I don't know if it's necessarily Magic Johnson's lack of patience. And I say that because they're the Lakers. Mm -hmm. And as the Lakers, we can only assume, based on franchise history, Mm -hmm. that there are certain mandates in place. When Magic gets the job, the only reason they hire Magic is because they want Magic to be the guy who can bring in marquee names and bring quote unquote quote unquote glory back to the franchise. But how has he done that? He has, but Matt, but what has Magic Johnson done now? He come he brings he signed it, LeBron. He, he signed LeBron, the biggest a, name in the game, biggest name in the game. But then what happened? You had to surround him with aging veterans that don't fit. Mm-hmm. And now you're being run by who? Who really runs the Lakers? Is it Magic Johnson or is it Clutch Sports? Clutch Sports, exactly. But but you. But can't, here's the thing: when you you that Clutch Sports takeover, the Clutch Sports revolution mm-hmm. is something you know is going to happen 
when you sign LeBron. This is not signing LeBron in 2004 as a, out the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. This is not signing LeBron to Miami and with Pat Riley in 2010. This is veteran 34-year-old LeBron. When you bring LeBron in, you're bringing in LeBron to make basketball decisions, and you're bringing in ma- to Magic to be the figurehead and face of the organization. But that's you know what you're doing when you do that. So from that standpoint, and I and don't get me, I'm not. I get what you're saying, and I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is that you knew exactly what you were doing when you did it, so and magic, that that goes over Magic's heads to head, Magic's head to ownership. So Ma- so Magic Johnson right now is a rubber stamp. Yeah, Magic's a rubber stamp. Magic Johnson is a rubber stamp. Absolutely, he's okay. the, he's there to he's there to make okay. people okay with what the ownership okay. is I mean, doing. Honestly, good. You know, it's like I'm not arguing with that. It's like and I'm not arguing with that. I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel like people don't realize that that is what's happening right now. That Magic Johnson, one of the most recognizable faces in the NBA in the last 35 years, is now a rubber stamp. While the Los Angeles Lakers and their some you know, somehow as they ascend back to the greatness of 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. this is where, you know, this is where they are. This is where, this is where they are as they're now probably going to tank away the rest of this season in order to get that draft pick and hope that some, you know, some free agents come. And honestly, we could fast forward a year from now and be like, Hey man, I guess there was a plan. But right now, I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm looking at what's happening in Los Angeles, and I feel like more blame should be put on ownership. More blame should be put on Magic Johnson. Like I feel like that should be, you know, I am not, I would never use my, my forum. And when I say my forum, I mean, you know, just, you know, the ability to talk to the public. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not out here calling for nobody's job. Yeah. I, that's just not my cup of tea. But I do feel like, you know, I do feel like there should be more ire and more of a side eye pointed at Magic Johnson for the current struggles of the Lakers. And I feel like not not enough is put in his direction. Not enough. There are not enough side eyes pointed at Magic Johnson for the mess that is the Los Angeles Lakers. And the only reason I don't point that much ire or cast that much blame on Magic Johnson Mm -hmm. is because from the outside looking in, I don't have any inside information, Mm -hmm. but I got the impression that Magic Johnson came in with certain mandates that he needed to land a big name marquee free agent Mm -hmm. to get the team back to media relevancy rather than championship relevancy. Okay, Like being media relevant seemed like it was the first priority for the Lakers. Because okay. prior to Magic Johnson, everybody kind of had, they had kind of accepted it a position of the Lakers where they're that team where nobody wants to really go there anymore. Nobody wants to follow up Kobe's shadow. They want to go set their own thing. and So Magic's job was to get the Lakers back to a point where they could attract those big-name guys. And he's done that. I don't necessarily feel like anybody with a decent basketball head on their shoulders thought this Lakers team as constructed in the 2018-2019 season 
was going to compete for anything beyond the first round playoff berth. Mm. So that alone is why I don't condemn Magic at this point. Now, if we're in the same boat this time next year, where LeBron's already been there and you had cap space and you've seen how it works mm -hmm. and you had a full offseason with LeBron already on the roster to make things happen, then I'm bl bl blaming Magic. Okay. But this year, I feel like Magic's mandate wasn't so much competing for a championship as much as it was competing for relevancy again. Okay. All right. All right. I can dig it. I can dig it. I'm still giving Magic a side eye right now. <laughs> I'm still thinking it's like Magic need to stick to movie theaters. Magic need to stick to Starbucks. Basketball might not, you know, if, if it's playing basketball, like Magic Johnson, I fully, like I say this now, like Magic Johnson could beat me one-on-one. -on -one. Magic Johnson's in his 50s. I know he'd destroy me. You can't, but. Let's go. I got a ball in the car right now. We can I gotta, do it. I, we got to finish the show. Nah, we 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 can record the rest of the show. Will be me talking trash to John Brown on the basketball court. Look, Just take the mics outside, and all you're gonna hear is me saying, "Jump shot, come guard me." Who wants clank. it? Let's go. Clank. That's the rest of the show. That's the rest of the show, you right think, there. Is that what you think? Mm -hmm. That's what you think. That's what I think. That's, let's that go. Would, that would be a mistake. <laughs> that would be a mistake. All right, hey, look, let's take a real quick break, and then when we come back, we got more of offense, defense, discourse. Mike Jones. John Brown. We'll be right back. Let's do it. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, that like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us through the breaks. We're having a good time. Hope you're having a good time with us. Yes, sir. We were talking basketball. We were talking L.A. Lakers and that dumpster fire, I guess, of a roster that they got going on in 18-19 season. I feel like calling it that is offensive to dumpster fires. <laughs> They're dumpster fires who don't want to be associated with the L.A. Lakers right now. Hey, no argument from me. But what, But since we're talking about the Lakers. Okay. And since we're talking about LeBron James. Okay. There was something of note that happened this week. LeBron James. King James. Yes. The chosen one. Yes. Get it right. Get all that right surpassed his airness MJ for fourth all time on the NBA scoring list. It's a major accomplishment. 
It's a major accomplishment. It's a big deal. Yes. You're fourth all time on the NBA score. Fourth. Mm-hmm. So, because that happened, conversation that I generally try to avoid, but I'm going to go ahead and get into it this week. Good friend of the show, good friend of ours, Anthony Gilbert, he wrote me into this one on Twitter today. So, if, if you want to see what you missed, look, AX Gilbert, Jonesy underscore LJR, JLB from DVM. Yes. All of those, search for one of those and look for Thursday's conversation. Thursday, what, was it March 7th? Yes. Look look for that conversation on Twitter. You'll see what we were talking about. But, of course, inevitably, when LeBron passes Michael Jordan for any major milestone, you know what the conversation is going to be. Who's the GOAT? (laughs) The greatest of all times, G-O-A-T, GOAT. Now, shout out to Anthony Gilbert. He gives us a a different opinion, at least. Okay. He's always a fan of the big man, the dominating presence. Yes. He goes with Kareem and Wilt. Okay. Now, the back, I had to boo-hoo the whole Wilt thing. Mm-hmm. Wilt, Wilt's not in the conversation to me. Kareem's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But let's start with LeBron. Okay. Well, first of all, let's let's – let me establish a few things. Okay, um, let's go. When we do this show, mm-hmm. we do this show from my house. We're in, we're in, in the crib. You're in my house. Mm-hmm. You're in my crib. You're in my basement. Studio De La Brown. Yes. I live with my entire family. Mm-hmm. My family, that includes my parents. Mm-hmm. My father, John Brown, who took out the mortgage on this house. That's the man. When the mortgage bills come in, his name is on them. John Brown Sr.? No, no, no. no. I'm Jonathan Brown. He's, he's John. just John. He's just John. I'm Jonathan. He's John. He's not the offense. No, he's, he's just not, John. No, he's just John. Okay. Two different people. That's what he wanted. He said he's, like, he's, like, he's not a junior. He's his own person. But the point being, if he were to hear you slander Wilt Norman Chamberlain like this, This show would be over, (laughs) you'd be back in your car, and you'd be headed home. And you would never be welcome in this house ever again. And see, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. That's why I love this conversation, because there's so much room for Mm -hmm. discrepancy. But I I am telling you that I am so glad that my father has not walked through here to hear you try to slander Wilt Chamberlain. All right, because so, Wilt, to him, Wilt Chamberlain is the GOAT. I tend to agree with him, but I understand that. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. This okay. is why we're going to eliminate Wilt from this conversation. Can't eliminate Wilt. We're, we're going to eliminate Wilt from this conversation. You can eliminate him. I and there's, there's a, it's, a, it's a simple reason why. Okay. At the time when he's playing, the people who are actually watching him live in action play, mm-hmm. None of them say he's the best. They oh, all man. had they all had Russ the people who actually watched him play. Mm-hmm. The eyeball test, which anyone who follows sports admits is a if not the top one, one of the top evaluating measure, metrics, the eyeball test. Bill Russell always won. Mm, I think that depends on who you talk to. 
Go do the research. I want to do the research. Read, yes. read the old articles, yes. the newspaper clippings. Yes. The consensus was that Bill Russell was better. Uh, I don't know about that. But that was know. the consensus. Okay. Go ahead and look it up. Okay, I will I will look it up. But and, how, However, I feel like one, a problem that I have with that is I hear so many people always say, you know, when people try to bring up Wilt, when people try to bring up Kareem, when people try to bring up Russell. No, uh, see, I, I specifically didn't no, no, but, name but, Kareem. But no, un, un, understand something. Let, let me go. Let me let me take you somewhere with this. Let's go. I don't. I disagree with the notion that you have to eliminate the big man from the conversation because we're talking basketball. Center is a position in basketball just like guard is a position in basketball. So you cannot say, okay, we're going to eliminate centers and who was the best basketball player of all time. I don't believe you can do that. Okay, see, now you're talking specifically to me because I am one who eliminates the big man. Okay. Now, you see, here's why I eliminate the big man. Because if we're talking about greatest basketball player of all times, right? The greatest, to me, is not simply a matter of physical gifts that you were born with. Being 7'1", 300 pounds means you're 7'1", 300 pounds. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're a great basketball player. Okay. Being a great basketball player, to me also involves skill set and decision making. Okay. Skill set is always 100% of the time something that's going to favor the perimeter player. Okay. Decision making 9999999 times out of a million is going to favor the guard. Is that even a number? Yes. Okay. 999,999 times out of a million. Decision-making is going to favor the guard. Okay. The big man generally, especially in the old school days, was coached, get the ball, go up. Mm-hmm. Wasn't much decision-making to it. Okay. The guard actually has to read everything the defense is doing, his teammates are doing, who's open, who's not open, who's getting trapped, where's the trap coming from, where's the defensive rotations going, what defense are they actually in, which one of my teammates is hot, which one of my teammates hasn't got a shot in a while. These are all things going through a guard's mind which make the team function cohesively that a big man does not have to worry about. So for me, when I see a guard who's able to take all these nuances of the game and incorporate all of his teammates and perform at a high, high level, I give him the edge over a big man who was able to perform at an extremely high level. Don't get me wrong. They're mm-hmm. extremely high level, a game changer, a guy who made winning possible for his team, not taking any of these things away from these dominant big men. I just have to give a small edge to the guard. And, and I say small edge because I, I will be very transparent. When we're debating things like the GOAT, it's, we're, we're looking at all-time great versus all-time great. And we're nitpicking. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing right mm-hmm. now. We are nitpicking. Mm-hmm. There's no getting, it's not like we're saying this guy's a bum, yeah. this guy was be- Yes. We're nitpicking. Yes. But that's what yes. you have to do to differentiate between 
he was extremely great, and he was the best ever. So we're in the conversation of nitpicking right now. Okay. And if I'm nitpicking, I have to give the advantage to the guard because the guard has the extra ball handling skill, the extra passing skill, the extra shooting skill. Mm-hmm. All those little things favor the, the perimeter player. So for that aspect and that aspect alone, I like, for the sake of fairness to the big man, I like to put the big man in his own category. I get that. But I I get that and I respect that in the sense that that is a very exact, a very precise argument. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with specifics. You're talking about nitpicking. And I agree that that's what we're doing. But I also feel, for me personally, I feel like there's a time and a place for nitpicking. And sometimes ball is just ball. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes to quote to quote the great, the iconic Rasheed Wallace, ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like I, as as long as basketball has centers forwards and guards basketball doesn't really have centers anymore well, well anymore but still they still had them they got like three of them in the league right now hey that's why none of the guys in the league are being put in the goat conversation <laughs> right now you know well there's one of them one of them maybe you know maybe at the end but i i feel like now that when we talk about nitpicking mm-hmm. when we talk when we talk about nitpicking i think in the end like let let's, let 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 me put it out there, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, and I and I say this now with in full acknowledgement that of course he's not in any goat conversations now. You know I'm not even attempting to say that, but I think that in this day and age where we nitpick everything, I feel like you know no matter what Joel Embiid does with the rest of his career he will always be nagged by the fact that he he missed 200 something games at the beginning due to of injury. His, yeah due to injury whereas he could very well finish his career with comparable goat like center numbers and I'm I'm not that's not a prediction that's that's just a hypothetical and I'll say scenario it, I'll say it this way numbers are not for me mm-hmm. If Joel Embiid finishes his career with four or five rings, mm, okay. that's what changes the conversation. Okay. I could care less about games played, stats. Mm-hmm. If when you're on the court, you affect wins, mm-hmm. that to me is what makes you a better player. Okay. I care less about the guy who goes out there and gets 45 points, 13 rebounds, 15 assists, and loses. Mm-hmm. For, honestly, that guy could have hurt his team. If you went out there and played the wrong way and piled up stats for your own benefit rather than the team's benefit, Mm. that makes you a bad basketball player if we're talking about five-on-five basketball. Before we got on the air, you brought up the big three to me. And we we were discussing how the big three, because it's three-on-three basketball, Mm. is a completely different animal than the NBA five-on-five full-court game. Yes, And that is a similar concept to what I'm discussing now when we're talking about the the GOAT conversation. Okay. Because a lot of guys look at players and and see certain skill sets and be like, man, that's nice. And you know what? It's impressive. And it would be especially impressive 
if with if the NBA was the big three, mm-hmm. or if the NBA was a king of the court one on one tournament. Mm-hmm. But we're playing five on five, and the ability to incorporate your teammates and keep them engaged and keep them playing hard mm-hmm. factors into your ability to help your team win. Mm-hmm. I have to consider all of those things. Okay. So for me, like, for example, I'm going to throw somebody who's not, not in the league right now, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, boy. For all – and I'm and saying this, like, right now I'm complimenting Carmelo Anthony. Mm. He had one of the greatest skill sets individually that I've ever seen. Okay. But for all that being said, if I'm playing a one-on-one tournament – Give me Carmelo. I'll take my chances. Hmm. If I'm playing a three-on-three tournament, give me Carmelo. I'll take my chances. Hmm. If we're playing five-on-five full court, now I'm having second thoughts Hmm. because it's just simply a different game. And these are all things that not everyone realizes, but you have to consider it's a different game five-on-five than – what I think, if I'm at the park and there's a guy who's nice beating everybody playing one mm-hmm. one on one, that doesn't mean he's nice playing full court five on five basketball. Mm-hmm. Different games completely. So these are things we have to consider when we talk about, and, and of course this is a subjective conversation, which yeah. is what always makes it fun to talk about. There is no definitive right answer, no, other than what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But you know. So let me ask you this, and and, and 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 allow me to. This is not even going. I'm not even trying to like sneak attack you. This is this is a full on. I'm about to lead you into some quick quicksand right now. Let's go. So, Will Chamberlain a bad basketball player? No. Okay. How? Explain okay. Your okay. And I'm walking a fine line here. I, I, I know. Uh, this, I'm, I'm, this, I'm giving is a, this is a very, yes. very fine yes. line. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you right now, straight to you. Wilt, Ch- Wilt Chamberlain, mm-hmm. in the early years of his career, okay. was not a good basketball player. Okay, He was looking for his, no- his own numbers, and you could see from some of the things that he did on this court, he was so talented, so physically gifted, okay. that – it seemed as though he developed a mindset that I'm unstoppable. Just give me the ball more, and it'll and we'll win, mm-hmm. which is not actually true. Okay. So until the late the latter part of his career, when he was with a Jerry West and an Elgin Baylor, and he realized maybe if I sacrifice some points for the sake of the team and help us win, at that point. Wilt became a much better player. Mm -hmm. But that's something Wilt admitted himself, if you hear him in interviews, Mm -hmm. didn't click with him until later in his career, which is why if you hear me and Wilt talk about Wilt and the GOAT conversation, I don't put him in the same book as a Bill Russell or even a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, guys who understood the team concept Mm -hmm. earlier, because like it or not, we're playing team basketball. Okay. So no, so let's put Will aside for a second in this conversation. All right. I sent you a meme in the middle of this in our uh, in our discussion because I because you did one one first question. Did you like it? 
No, I got a good laugh out of me. Got a laugh out of you. Got a good laugh out of me. Because how important? How important? As I, as I've, I've said, you are. I'm showing you. I'm, I'm on my Ben Simmons because I'm I'm a little I'm a little taller than you. Mm-hmm. Let me handle this rock real quick. All right. <laughs> let me let me handle this rock and facilitate real quick. All right. Got right? you. I can catch and shoot. Uh, uh, thank you. I got. I got. You. I got complete game, unlike some people. I- <laughs> I got a little court vision. Too, I can handle right? that. And I can play off. All right, whatever you need, I'm okay. nice. All right, okay then. Then go in. All right. Mm-hmm. How important are rings in the goat conversation? They're absolutely important. Okay. At, like, okay. The ne- What's the goal of the game? To win. You pl- hello. You play to win the so, game. So the if the goal of the mm-hmm. game is to win, mm-hmm. now I'm not saying it's necessarily about. 12 rings versus three win mm. rings. Okay. But if you haven't proven to me that you're capable of having a team mm. built around you, I, not, I don't want to say it like built around you, mm. but if you're not the best player on a team that's capable of winning rings, mm. you're not in the GOAT conversation. Okay. So and I don't want to say it like the team's built around you, mm. but if you're not best player on championship team, we're not talking about goat, because okay. so the number it, one priority is always winning. Does that eliminate LeBron? He was he or was he not no, best I'm player asking, on championship teams? I, I'm asking, do you do do you believe he was? He was he, he was the best player on okay. a championship okay. team. So 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 he's allowed so to be in the conversation. He's allowed to be in the conversation. That's that's what I'm asking. Yeah, because that's I, the baseline. Because I, I feel like there are people who say LeBron does not belong in the conversation because he has not won as many rings as Kobe and Jordan. And then when people, that's ridiculous. Okay, because Kobe and Jordan haven't won as many rings as Bill Russell. Exactly. So if if rings is the only thing we're talking about and Bill Russell Bill Russell's the GOAT shut up nobody else is in the conversation game over 5 plus 6 equals 11 that's exactly. what I always say that's what when, when people when people want to that is the meme that I put up there when people want to say, when people when people want to make rings the thing I'm like hey man it's simple mathematics 5 plus 6 equals 11 and, and I'm not so foolish to think that rings are everything yes okay no that uh, I understand that I will I, never I will never take it to that Mm-hmm. That foolish extreme. Okay, but rings are absolutely a factor because if you're a player who, despite all the efforts of multiple teams and multiple management staffs, they've never been able to build a winner around you. Mm-hmm. At some point, I have to start to think you're part of the problem. Okay, so rings are a factor. Okay, Do you but if we're talking six rings versus eight rings. The rest of the personnel around you and everything else has to come into the conversation. Okay. We're talking Kobe's five versus Jordan's six. Who Mike's knows? better. Mike's better. Why? All right. See, I had to take a deep breath before okay, that no one. Problem. We got time, dude. There are a couple of things. One, Mike was more capable of adapting to a team, adapting his game to – a more diverse team environment. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that was Mike was capable of playing on and off the ball. Kobe was capable of doing both. Mm-hmm. But throughout the prime, the peak points of his career, mm-hmm. beca- and I don't know whether it's because of personnel on his team or not, because personnel only allowed me to see one thing, but Kobe was less willing to play off the ball 
showed trust in his teammates, certain nuances of the game. Mm -hmm. And you saw it in certain years where the Lakers ended up being eight seeds, six seeds, and Kobe scored 30 a game. But everybody's mm -hmm. like, he's gunning. Yeah, he was gunning. Like people, I, I feel like, I feel like those years, those nine Kobe winning years. Mm -hmm. people, we can't overlook them. I, we can't, but I feel like more people are willing to in the conversation, especially when it's like you look at, you look at how LeBron, LeBron's failures, mm -hmm. as opposed to Kobe's failures and Kobe's shortcomings. When Kobe, you know, Kobe lost finals too. Not as many as LeBron, but he still lost. He still lost a couple. He did. But people look at, you know, people look at LeBron's failures. And when LeBron failed, he failed in the finals. He he's fallen short before the final. He's fi fallen short in the final, you know, in the final, but at this point we're now talking almost 10 years ago. Mhm. Mm Eight straight years in the final. Is it? Yeah. Is it eight straight years in the finals? Mm -hmm. That's probably going to come to an end this year. But nine still, straight. Nine straight years. Was it years. nine straight or eight? Something eight like or, that. The fact that we're we're debating eight or nine years in the finals, I think, you know, is something that's in itself. That's an impressive feat. It, it's still an impressive feat. Do you think that's an impressive feat? It's okay. impressive, but I think it's overrated. You think it's overrated? We're a terrible Eastern Conference. Mm, okay. Um... From the time LeBron started making his finals runs, mm -hmm. Cleveland, four with Miami, three more with mm -hmm. one it was what? One with Cleveland he lost, mm -hmm. three four Miami, three more with Cleveland. Mm -hmm. During that stretch in the Eastern Conference, mm -hmm. who would you say was a legitimate contender to Beat LeBron or win the cop, win the finals in the East. In the East, okay. No, I mean I, I see where you're going with that. And that's and that's what I mean by okay. that. Not that it's not an impressive accomplishment. It was absolutely impressive, mm. but there was no one at any point through that stretch mm. that we ever sat back and said this team could give talent wise give them a real good run. Who could you ever say that about the Bulls? People thought it about at the time, and, and we see. See, you're turning your face up, looking back, knowing the results. Mm. At the time, watching them play, people thought the Knicks might be able to give them a run. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Knicks fans did. No, it was more than just Knicks fans. Trust me, it was more. Well, I, it, I was, look, I'm not that. But, uh, or I, I remember at, those times too. And, and don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. we fully expected Mike and them to win, mm. but. It wasn't. There were years. How I think, I'm I, not not to not right, to diss okay. the Knicks. The but first I think championship. That, I think I think how good the East was during Mike's run is overstated. Oh, I'm not overstating. I'm not saying the East was great. Mm -hmm. But the first run, year one, mm -hmm. people were. I don't want to say surprised, mm -hmm. but it was an accomplishment when they overcame the Pistons. It was, but the, you knew the Pistons were at the end of their run. You didn't know it until after they beat him. Mm. You didn't know it till after they beat him. I think you saw signs. You knew those guys were old. You knew, you knew that team had gotten old. They were getting older. Mm -hmm. But you never really know it's over until a team loses. Okay. You see what I'm like? So mm -hmm. that, we had to get ourselves back into the mindset of what we were thinking then. And while we were watching it then, 
knowing the Bulls that never got over the hump, that's a significant milestone. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're looking at LeBron versus teams he's playing. Going in, we know this team can't, we shouldn't beat LeBron and them. Okay. Most of, like, through LeBron's run in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. name one team going into it that you thought should beat LeBron's team. Okay. You can't name one. Mm-hmm. Where with Mike and those teams, not that it was many, but there may have been one or two. You thought this team can beat them. This team should give them a good run. I've never thought that with any LeBron team versus any LeBron team uh, in the East. I think even even if you eliminate hindsight and hindsight being twenty twenty, I think that there would there would be people who said, you know what, nobody nobody's going to beat Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Not even those Knicks teams. As physical as those Knicks teams were, as good as those Knicks teams were, as much as Pat Riley and then later on Jeff Van Gundy would tinker and tweak that team to try and get them to be as a good team. Oh. I don't think – I don't think – I think there were plenty of people who thought, you know what, as good as the Knicks are, they are not in the league and they stand no chance. I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was one of those people. Like I remember, who thought that the Knicks had no chance? Like were, I remember a series where the Knicks were up two nothing on the Bulls, and, still th- and I still thought the Knicks had no chance. Mm-hmm. But I, but I also remember because I was a person who had that con- that po- position, held mm-hmm. that position. I also remember hearing from multiple, multiple people how this is the year the Bulls are going to lose. This is the year the team that team can beat them. Mm-hmm. This is the team. I think LeBron but, lost in the finals to a Dallas team that everyone thought they should have beat. Yeah, okay. Okay. They lost to a Spurs team in the finals that not in, not when in Cleveland in Miami. Mm-hmm, yeah. The loss to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. They should have won. So like it's different. Okay. There were there were runs so th- from those those standpoints I'm like and and again, like I said earlier, I'm nitpicking mm. because as much as I I will I shouldn't say never, but at this point you will not hear me say Michael Jordan was not the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. Okay. At this point, you will hear me often talk about LeBron James having holes in his game versus Michael Jordan. Who Michael no Jordan, who as a guard, I don't think had any holes in his offensive game. Mm. Or defensive game as a guard for that matter, no holes. That streaky maybe, like not at his top every night. But if we're talking looking at what he does well, no holes. Mm-hmm. LeBron has holes. Okay. And I will still tell you, LeBron is the second best player I've ever seen in my life. So I don't want it to sound like I'm not saying LeBron's a great mm-hmm. player. Holes and all, he's still one of the he's still one of the greatest of all time. Second best I've seen in my life. Okay. That, that's where he is on my li- okay. list. He's number two. Mm-hmm. But I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. There are things LeBron does not do well. Okay. LeBron does not play well off the ball. If you don't play well off the ball, imagine what that means it's going to be like to play with other star players who have been used to having the ball in their hands for the last 25 years Mm. until they got into the NBA and y'all became teammates. That creates problems. Mm -hmm. Whereas Michael Jordan's skill set, especially with 
the one ability he had over LeBron that's no questions better was his ability to catch and shoot. He was a threat to score without the ball in, the hand, in his hands far more than LeBron is. But that ability allows Scottie Pippen to be a ball handler and score 40 points in the game, the same game Mike does. Mm. It, al- you know, it allows Tony Kukoc to come in and play his game and shine. Mm. Whereas when LeBron's on your team, Kyrie Irving becomes a two-guard now. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love and Chris Bosh become jump shooters now. Dwayne Wade becomes a secondary option, and it takes a full season and plus for them to learn how to play together, including that Dallas Finals loss, because neither one of them really knew how to play off the ball because neither one's a pure shooter. It's things like that when I talk about the nuances and the the little things that make the difference between winning championships in the five-on-five NBA basketball Mm -hmm. and just making a good playoff run and putting up good stats. Mm -hmm. Those are the little things that while everybody like, oh, he dunked on you. Oh, he's he got these highlights. (laughs) Seriously, that's what most people see. They see the sports center highlights and the stat line. They don't understand the nuance of the game. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that if I'm going to nitpick, mm. make the difference between number one and number two or number two and number four all time, mm. I have to nitpick. And if we've never sat down and if you've never sat down and watched tape and understood mm-hmm. the nuances of basketball mm-hmm. and you think the same guy like a Kyrie Irving who's great one-on-one or three-on-three when it's make it, take it, is the same guy like a Jason Kidd who can't score to save his life when he mm-hmm. gets in the league but knows how to run a team. Mm-hmm. If you think those two guys are the same, you have a problem. But that th- this is what I want to help teach people about basketball. This is why I, d- I want to do sports radio because it gives me an opportunity to help the fans understand things like this. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for myself. I do it for the people. It's for the people. <laughs> I pre- you are a charitable dude, man. <laughs> You're a charitable dude. So let me ask you this before we uh, wrap this thing up. Do you have a top five? All time? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, g- give me a top five. Top five all time. Yes. Mike is number one. Okay. Number two, LeBron James. Okay. So when I, when I tell people I think Mike is better, I'm not bashing LeBron. I have him as number two all You're time. Two all time. Two all time. I'm, is so I'm, I'm looking at I'm fine. We're, we're, we're nitpicking. We're looking at like mm-hmm. the little fine stuff. Okay. And I have to give Mike the edge, but I got LeBron number two. Okay. I got Kareem number three. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is my amalgamated list because normally and I see I had to pull up my dictionary word. Normally, mm-hmm. I like to separate bigs from the guards. Okay, but I'm separate. I'm co- okay. this is the combined yes. list yes. where I'm considering total overall impact on the game. Thank, not you, for, ju- thank you for doing that with, with me because I would have had had you given me your your best guards and then your best big man. I would have asked you to combine the two. So, uh, so, so I'm just going to go ahead and get to it. I appreciate. That. So I got thank Mike you. number one, Mike one, LeBron, LeBron number, two, number two, Kareem, Kareem number three, mm-hmm. Bill Russell number four. Okay. Number five. Number five is a tough one. Okay. Number five is really, really a tough one. Okay. Because when we're looking at a few names, your Magics, your Birds, your Elijah Wands, your Wilts, mm-hmm. it's a lot of names that 
people might toss up. Okay. Personally, mm-hmm. I'm going to give the edge at number five to Magic Johnson. Really? Really. Okay. That's me personally. All right, that's cool. I'm not. I'm not here to argue. And while I will go on my soapbox and tell everybody number one is number one, we're not arguing number one. Mm-hmm. Number five is debatable. Okay. Okay. And I, yeah, you want to debate with me? Number five, you might win that mm-hmm. one. Number one, you're not. You're not going to win number okay. one with no me. No problem. But number I'm five, and that's what I mean. Like, we get to certain points in the list. It, mm-hmm. It's it gets tougher than others. <laughs> I hear you. I I understand. So who you got? You asking me? Who yeah. you got top five? All right, look, man. My whole list ain't debatable. I'll put it to you like this. My list is my list. Not you know. You can debate my list any, you know. Well, you can't debate my list, all right? It's my list. Number one is Wilt. Number one is Wilt. Number two is Bill Russell. Number three is Jordan. Number four is LeBron. Number five is Kobe. That is my list. Put your, Right now, Mike Jones is sitting there with his head in his hands. His eyes are closed. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you all for listening to us this week. I would like to thank our guest, Mike Patton, at General underscore MP on Twitter for joining us. Check him out his writing on sportsawakening.com. Philly GoFlow, SeattleHipHopRadio.com, Free Agent Radio. I'm done. I don't have anything else. John, yes, down- close this out. Whatever you got. I'm done. Whatever down- you got. Download the podcast anytime you want. SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports. Also, search for us on iTunes. Just search the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. He's taking a walk right now. That's how mad he is. But guess what? Don't care. Yes, for my list, I gave him my list. Not here for that. I'm not here for him to try and talk me out my list. You got a problem with my list? Hey, hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports or at O underscore D underscore Discourse. That is the show. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. We out, y'all. See you guys next week. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash V-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.